0: An office is is more than just uh, meetings. It's it's actually a place where a full spectrum of interaction types take place on a daily basis. So if you want to build a virtual corollary to that, if you want to build a virtual version of that, uh, it can't just be a place where meetings can take place over and over and simultaneously, it has to be a place where serendipitous interactions can happen. You can find yourself pulled into things that you weren't planning on making a contribution to, but you can make a meaningful contribution, just like in a physical office. You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. are you ready
1: welcome to the future of work podcast today's guest is adam riggs the founder and ceo of frameable.com frameable is one of the leading digital virtual office providers globally and currently services the likes of amazon ibm Bayer, samsung nasa harvard university and a number of other major companies and institutions he is also an experienced executive and investor in e-commerce finance and media companies prior to frameable adam was the um, uh, presidential innovation fellow at the u.s depart uh, treasury department and a subject matter expert at the u.s state department and the first president and cfo of shutterstock.com from 2005 to 2010 in the last 20 years he has built, invested in, and advised companies achieving a full range of outcomes from successful exits to disappointing bankruptcies and has learned a great deal from each one of them. Adam, welcome. Really grateful to have uh, your insights today. Uh, before we get into any questions, though, can we define or can you define? what you believe a virtual office to be, Uh, so there's no confusion. It's a widely used term, and I think uh, that your use is quite unique.
0: Thank you, Frank, for having me today. Um, You know, I agree with you that it is confusing. Virtual offices, uh, if you search for them in an internet um, search engine, you'll find things like, Mail, physical mail boxes that you can rent, and uh, phone forwarding services, so that you can pretend to have a big physical presence, possibly, or a big presence, even if you if you don't, if you're smaller. But when we use the term virtual office, what we mean is <clears throat> a place that you can come to that is a virtual uh, space where you can do your work, usually with colleagues. So it's not uh, just video meeting software. It goes beyond video meeting software. It includes many of the features that people are used to in video meeting software, such as screen sharing. And, uh, you know, of course, you can have your camera on or off, uh, your microphone on or off, all kinds of um, familiar features. But we're really going one step further and trying to expand people's sense of space while they're using uh, virtual software to do their work
1: well you know it's interesting i i loved your opening your comment about the other virtual office because you see a little gray hair here <laughs> uh, and uh, back in 1994 uh, another friend and i from our industry he has a rather large company a company iwg and i got together and talked about the confusion of various products in our industry and we decided that if we both called our business identity plans and corporate plans, etc., virtual offices, we could create a new term and a new product. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, for, for better or worse, I am the coiner of the phrase in the way you defined it earlier.
0: Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that story. Uh, and I think that, that you, have, uh, you have done the world a big service because that the, by that definition, there there's a lot there's a lot of opportunity. There's been a lot of opportunity in the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years to 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 help people, you know, facilitate their remote physical lives and still be reachable.
1: You well, know, it, it, it is. We 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 believe uh, uh, it combines the combination of people, place, and technology into a highly flexible service agreement. Yeah. Uh, and those three components together create the, the, the core of the product. It's interesting. Your definition is totally different. However, it combines the same three things. Agreed. Place and technology. Different yeah. ratio, different ratio, though. Yeah. And I, that's the the fun. When we first defined this, we said, you know, it, it's like making bread. You have three ingredients. Yeah. Uh, flour, salt, a little and some water. And you've got bread. Now, how many types of bread are there when we describe bread? And what you've done is created an entirely different loaf, if you will, to be provided to a, a very interesting cross-section of customers um, that our virtual office rarely touches. Mm-hmm. So same two elements, or the same three elements in different ratios, but addressing completely different marketplaces uh and that's really i think the beauty of what you're doing uh and 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 uh, it it's quite a interesting contribution as as you go forward so uh thank you for putting up with my definition and i appreciate yours as well uh, that. um you know when when we talk about virtual offices in today's world we're talking about hybrid work and a lot of that is right sizing a company's uh, real estate investment uh, and how their people work within that investment. Why did you decide to go digital with your virtual office solution?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I've been working remotely, by which I mean I've worked in a in a place that's physically separate from many of my colleagues um, for a very long time. You know, mo- like more than twenty years in- and. Yeah depending on how you count. And, um, and I remember when there wasn't a reliable video meeting solution. I remember when uh, a live video box next to another live video box was really a technological achievement, you know, worth talking about on its own. Um, It was just phone calls before that phone calls and emails, you know, first phone calls, then phone calls and emails, and then you had these video boxes. But um, what, what we are excited about is the opportunity to go beyond the video boxes. It doesn't mean that what we're doing doesn't include them. It just means that we're trying to use the technology to help the people uh, connect in a different way. And for our company, during the pandemic, our lease just happened to, we had a physical office and our lease just happened to be up. It was an easy decision not to renew it because we weren't gonna be able to use it and we quickly realized that we really had uh all the tools and vision that we needed to to build a um, uh, compatible you know sort of easy to use corollary experience that could replace the physical office it's just meeting software is not on its own enough to replace a physical office. you have to go beyond just the meeting software because a, a an office is, is more than just uh, meetings, it's, it's actually a place where a full spectrum of interaction types take place on a daily basis. So if you wanna build a virtual corollary to that, if you wanna build a virtual version of that, uh, it can't just be a place where meetings can take place over and over and simultaneously, it has to be a place where serendipitous uh, interactions can happen, where collisions can happen, where you can find yourself pulled into things that you weren't planning on making a contribution to, but you can make a meaningful contribution, just like in a physical office.
1: Well, you know, I think that's really important. And and uh, we share the experience of having worked virtually from our teams for long periods of time. Uh, and uh, in fact, I remember uh, the first video system that we had was in 1984 if you can believe it uh, and uh, my video system wouldn't talk about anybody else's so we always had to go through a third party or two third parties yeah. to connect those systems so it was rarely used and very expensive and today we don't even think about it uh, no, so no. wonderful progression we've made along with those but your point about interactions and collisions and 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 spontaneous work all of that doesn't lend itself well to most of the video structures that we see today video alone is not the answer it's just one of the tools within the answer
0: yeah agreed and and uh i would say i i'd like to focus um in our product we use as one of our most important sort of design uh you know core cornerstones, the idea of peripheral vision. So when you go into a physical space, whether it's a hotel lobby or an office building, uh, you, you, you are taking in a huge amount of information that's relevant to your decision-making process, uh, through your peripheral vision, you're focusing on something, but you're taking in other information and you're using that, uh, same when you're driving, you know, they say, when you're driving, you make one decision per second on average. Uh, You see a car stopped and it's supposed to be stopped. You see a car parked and you don't see a driver, so that's fine. You see a car rolling to a stop sign and you're not sure they're going to actually honor it. So you have to make decisions every time you take in information. Well, an office space is similar. You see people working together with the door open, that means one thing. You see people working together with the door closed, that means something different. You see an office with the shades drawn, that means something different. You see a bunch of people in the cafe, uh, you know, getting a cup of coffee or tea. That means something. So being able to take in this information is very important. And it's also not it's not just important for you know getting work done efficiently. It's also important for feeling satisfied as a human. So the problem with video meeting software is that you don't you don't really collect any of that information when you're in a meeting with someone and it's a bilateral exchange, there's nothing that is telling you anything about the other people in your office. So, if we're going to create a virtual office experience that's compelling, we have to figure out how to enable the bilateral discussions, the one-on-one or you know, two-on-two, you know, whatever discussions with small groups and individuals. But we also have to, just like in the real world, uh, give people peripheral information that can be actionable, and that is a, a difficult thing to do. I think we are way ahead of others uh, in terms of our execution, but ultimately all video office products are going to have to figure out how to do this, or else the users are just going to continue to feel disconnected from one another.
1: Well, I, I, I agree. One of the things that I found interesting, I, as you know from our prior uh, conversation, and so the audience knows, you and I chatted before beforehand uh, about a week or so ago uh, mm-hmm. about some of our experiences. and. Uh, one of the comments that I made to you after reviewing Framable uh, is that we've looked at just about every technology-based virtual office product that comes along. And almost the great majority of them are, are designed to look like a floor plan of an office. Yeah. Uh, and there's benefit to that. You know, you can see, you can see the layout, the lay of the land, so to speak. Uh, You've chosen to organize your virtual work environment more like a corporate department's org chart, if I can use that uh, analogy, um, so that you can see who's working where, with whom, when, as opposed to just who's happens to be at their desk with their door open. Uh, And so uh, one of the things I found fascinating was in your virtual office, which is primarily for larger clients and institutions, as opposed to individual solopreneurs like we serve a lot of, um, uh, you were were very organized on a departmental or a workflow basis as opposed to a physical basis. Uh, You weren't trying to emulate the office so much as emulate the activities within the office yes uh, and I, I found that very um when you talk about interactions uh, uh when you talk about video I found that that was ability and I thought of my own problems with video I said one of the problems is that we have is we're in the middle of a meeting hey we need Harry we need yes. we need Susie we need somebody in this meeting where are they what are they doing how do we get them in who's gonna invite them? Are they going to pay any attention to their email on the invite? You know, all this right. stuff goes on and half the time you can't get them into the meeting. So you reschedule a meeting in, in the organizational structure that you've used. It seems as if, well, that, that problem hasn't been hundred percent solved. I don't think it can be, um, but, uh, you've moved a, a long ways towards coordinating the flow of work, not just the place of work in a virtual office. And I, I found that very uh, uh, very exciting to think about. It was a, it was really a next dimension. It sounds yeah. like pitching your darn company, and I'm not. Well, um, I, 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 I look for differences, and I, yeah. did, I did, did identify that one difference as being uh, a next step. I was very intrigued by it, which is which is why we're talking today.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that very much, and and you're exactly right. We. We tried to we tried to design an environment that was flexible enough that if people wanted to organize it visually organize it according to the workflow, they could absolutely do that. If you want to have project rooms, you can do that. If you want to have you know private offices you can do that any mix of these things and uh, any any amount of the org chart and the workflow and people's personal preferences can, can all be honored.
1: well it it seems like it also has the the benefit of being more inclusive, creating greater accessibility, not just individuals, but to the teams overall, and and to expand the the benefits of uh, how team building actually works. Could you expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, well, um, there's a a lot of great research about remote work and the benefits of remote work. Uh, uh, A lot of it comes from Nick Bloom at Stanford University. Um, I encourage your listeners to check out his research. Um, but one of the things that he's found is that you know better diversity, equity, and inclusion results are, are a clear benefit of remote work and successful hybrid approaches. Uh, employees are happier. Uh, they're more productive uh, you know, if it's done right. And we can talk about what that means. Um, as we mentioned, it allows companies to right-size their real estate investment and save some money there if they, if they have physical investments to, to manage. And then the DEI piece is really, um, it's something that extends uh, beyond the, you know, what most people probably think of when they think of DEI, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion is really everyone benefits because of the, you know, the diversity of perspectives is what helps a company that's doing difficult, that's solving difficult challenges. It's the diversity of perspectives that really helps them. Uh, uh solve it in a special way design a special product or feature or or bring something to market that you know that people hadn't thought of before um, diversity of perspectives is always um worthwhile and uh and remote work just makes it easier for a broader range of people to make a meaningful contribution you know it, it's funny when
1: we look at diversity as as an issue uh i'll go back uh as i often do many many years uh, when we first created our first network of centers, um, uh, globally, and, uh, we were competing against a large single branded group mm-hmm. thing. All the trim was blue and all the coffee cups matched globally. That mm-hmm. was, that was their, their, their brand and our brand. We, we made a, a decision that Says we can't compete with that mm-hmm. five star in India is different than five star in London. And mm-hmm. So we thought we're going to be um uh, dealing with with the local environment, and mm-hmm. we decided that what we learned from all of our local environments and applied universally gave us more strength. and we are quite competitive as a result of that. So one of our phrases we used internally was that our differences are our strength, not our similarities. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. We were uh, a branded, unbranded and our We had a variety of facilities, but only one quality of service rather than one type of facility with who knows what the heck the service is. Uh, um, And so we we really focused only on service, but it it gave us uh, something to to strive towards. And I think as we look at the DEI issues of today, a lot of that same thought is you learn from diversity. You don't have to deal with diversity. It's an opportunity for learning uh, and that what you learn does make you better. Absolutely. You know, so I I think there's a a lot there that you've you've pressed forward with that that can can really make a difference uh, overall. And so it's really coming down to um, a a lot of your modeling, a lot of your structures uh, is around employee well-being. Uh, Removing scheduled meeting fatigue, if you can, by creating spontaneity and collaboration, et cetera. How does the bottom line of that hit a company? Uh, Practical point of view, you're going to ask someone to invest in your technology and to use your technology to manage certain aspects of their company. So you're asking them to invest in you in your company. And how do you see the bottom line, not just on your products, but on all of the aspects of remote work? There's so many big CEOs today, big name CEOs, are saying, back to the office or else. Um, and um, it, it's like they got blinders on or something, or they're living in an alternative reality
0: uh, yeah.
1: that, that uh, just doesn't make sense with what we have learned, with what you've learned, what I've learned, they haven't learned yet. Yeah, how do you bring this bottom line issue to a company that has to answer to their shareholders?
0: Yeah, like all companies do, and even if you're a nonprofit, you know you'll have a board of directors and you'll have contributors that you need to answer to. So there are always stakeholders. Um, it's it's not it's not surprising that in the last you know two and a half years we've we've experienced again, according to Professor Bloom out at Stanford, you know if you look at the trajectory of remote work. From from 1965, which is the first uh, year that they had data, up to uh, 2019, as one period of time, and then from 2020 through the present, we have experienced in terms of uh, rate of change, we've experienced uh, you know decades of growth in a, a few years' time. Yes. So it's not surprising that many leaders are struggling with uh they're either uncomfortable or uh confused or you know some combination uh i believe that when a leader or when the leadership of a company says everybody come back to work and we're not discussing it anymore they're they're making uh an assessment that's based on a very incomplete set of alternatives because for them the the pandemic period forced them into a technology stack, which was never meant to replace what the pandemic uh, forced us to replace, uh, which is the physical office. So they are um, unaware that technology can actually deliver something better than remote work, which is calendar invitation after calendar invitation after calendar invitation, each one with a, a separate link which are all of which are disconnected from one another uh, and as a result make the person who is using this technology feel disconnected from their colleagues so the benefits to the roi question you know it's it goes beyond uh you know managing the real estate reducing the real estate footprint reducing the environmental footprint all of which are are good um it actually should start with the well-being of the employees uh Employees that are happy, that are more engaged, uh, that are able to have a better balance um, at work, are going to do better work, and as a result, the customers and the and the you know the end beneficiaries of that organization's products and services, they're going to get a better result. So, talent acquisition and retention is really where it starts. Savings in real estate, savings in the environment. Uh, in the you know lower uh, environmental impact, these are very important. Um, but uh, in those ways, you know, things change much more slowly. Whereas for for people's expectations about you know what does it mean to live a balanced life, I work really hard, uh, and now I've learned in the last couple of years that I don't need to go to my office five days a week in order to do my work. Um, one of Professor Bloom's most interesting findings is that the uh, average savings on a work from home day versus a commuting day is 70 minutes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: 70 minutes a day Mm -hmm. what they have found up until now is that right now about half of that is spent working more yes and about half of that is spent on cooking uh time with your children your your own physical health uh you know family time etc so it's truly a win-win-win, uh, but it is very different from the way it was in 2019, and it also challenges the managers of the companies to to go beyond simply you know uh, whatever tactics were working for them in 2019 when they were walking around the office. They have to, in a way, evolve their management styles and um, and and uh, and do. Do their best to meet the employees where they are, and if they do that, then I think there's savings available for everyone.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. There's an old saying, and I, it's, I think it was originally applied in the military that once you see the eyes of the enemy, all strategy changes.
0: <laughs> yes, and
1: a lot of variations on that same um,
0: yes saying. I like uh, I like Mike Tyson's version everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face in The
1: face absolutely or <laughs> actually you could say evander holyfields everybody has a plan until they get their ear bitten and you know it's, it's any any number of ways um but it, it is like that and i think a lot of people really haven't figured out that they've seen the eyes of the enemy yet uh, so they, they they don't know what their their new strategy is supposed to be yeah we're uh, all the other thing that we've all said, I've, I've said it a, a thousand, ten thousand times. I'm sure you have too, and you've heard it a million times. Is oh, if I just had another hour in the day. Yeah. We have gained another hour in the day. Yeah. We we honestly have, and if we can apply that to the productivity of work-life balance, both directions, not just one direction. Yeah. Um, then, if you think about it. We look at economies and we say, oh, the U.S. economy is only going to grow uh, uh, 0.02 this year. Well, if you added an extra hour of the day to everybody, half an hour of the day to everybody, what would that economic growth actually look like?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So there's a lot of things here, and and you you mentioned sustainability um, from a, a... uh, ecological point of view, um, there are some benefits there. I, I think they're they're overcounted. Oh, we don't have to commute anymore. Yeah, but you actually got to heat your whole house instead of going to the office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some some exchanges there that haven't re- really we- been well defined. But I think in our hearts we say we know it's better. We just mm-hmm. don't know how much yet. Yeah. Um, uh, but that brings about if you look at office use today, on average. Mondays are used about 40%. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are used about 60 to 70%. Thursdays about 50%. Fridays back to about 40%. Yeah. So overall, you've got a 30, 35% loss in the utilization of office space, which was already only 60% efficient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So that means that companies that get it, Will be the first ones to give up their leases you did we have uh, overall um and distribute their workforce and i think i like distributed work more than remote work Agreed. There's nothing remote about the way i work with my team we're close we're tight we're aligned we're just distributed yes um, so we have a don't put all eggs in one basket don't put all brains in one building approach mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, 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 and we think we do better by that. But when you, you you look at this core cities that are commuter dependent, New York is a perfect example. London is another perfect example. They're commuter dependent cities. Um, when the commuters start coming in, that really affects the city. Yes. They're not doing their laundry downtown anymore. They're doing it out by their house. They're not buying lunch. They're not doing yep. this so, so there's a, a reduction in marketplace yeah. uh, and uh, office use and as, as companies start changing the commitments to new office space. That's going to leave a lot of vacancy in the cities. Absolutely. How do you see cities repurposing themselves, redesigning themselves into the future of work to fit this new model. Um, how do you see that happening?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm very interested in this side of it, although I'm not a commercial real estate expert, but it's, it's easy to see from the research that um, that the work from home or the distributed workforce, the implications of distributed workforce have huge, um, have, will have a huge potential impact on commercial rents, on commercial real estate values, on the tax receipts, on the tax receipts that the uh, that the municipalities collect when the values of the real estate goes down. Uh, when the values go down, the real estate becomes, you know, less uh, productive from a tax base uh, uh, viewpoint for the, for the cities that, you know, that rely on that revenue. So I think there's going to have to be um, an evolution in the way the, the tax bases are calculated and in the way, um, in people's expectations about the contribution of commercial real estate to the tax base of a of a municipality or a city. Again, I'm not an expert on commercial real estate, but there is a there's a big corollary piece, a uh, corollary uh, you know thread of research. The part of the re- work from home research is about the benefits to the company and the benefits to the to the employees uh, and the effect on work. Um, but there's another uh, big vector of research that's a, that's about this question of real estate value. Well,
1: it, you, you know, that, that's true and, and use New York as a good example. There are sections in New York where when the commuters leave, that section of town is a little bit dead. The financial yeah. is a yeah. good example of that. Um, I would say that it's a pretty simple repurposing. Yeah. Uh, the reason people live in the suburbs, they can't afford to live in the city. So as the use of commercial space goes down, that creates space availability to be repurposed to residential, which drives yeah. the cost of residential down. Yeah. And mixed cities, 24 hour cities instead of 12 hour cities.
0: Yeah, well, that you know, it goes back to Jane Jacobs and the death and life of the great American city and the idea of mixed use, you know, which yes. for, for her, New York was a big part of the story. I think that when you're talking about um, Converting commercial buildings, you know, the, the the building code has a lot to say about what you're able to do. Uh, in New York, for example, uh, bedrooms have to have windows. Uh, might even be the bathrooms have to have windows too. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but I mean, compare that to like the footprint of a big downtown, you know, financial district or midtown, uh, you know, footprint of a of a commercial building that might be several hundred feet in each direction, square or rectangle, with a ton of interior space and it's difficult to, to see how they're going to, to get residential space out of that. So only a, a percentage of the available, what we'll call like low performing commercial space can actually be uh, converted to residential. And that's something that the big architecture and interior design firms are thinking about you know, very carefully. Oh,
1: yeah. no, we, we, we chat with those folks all the time in design uh, uh, and the changes that need to be made. You 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 mentioned changing the ca- tax code. I'll I'll make a, a comment. I think it'll be easier to change the building code than the tax code.
0: Maybe so. Uh,
1: you know, because the, they, they want the tax money and they can't get it unless they change the building code. So
0: yeah.
1: You know, it, it, time will tell how that works works itself out, or time will tell if a new new form of commuting is created um, yeah. that allows for uh, us to grow into that space commercially.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and 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 use it as we have. But you know, we talk about commuting and virtual offices and this and that. I, I I can't think of any of that without thinking about the metaverse. Yeah. Uh um, we were promoting the concept of virtual reality officing back in 2016, 17, 18. In that period, saying this is on the way. The technology is there. This is the next one of the next generations of officing. Yeah. Which we always use the term officing, we think it's an activity, not a place, Mm. believe that. And we've always believed also that there's no such thing as an occupant. There are only travelers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So how do you address your business model towards the metaverse? um, If you think the metaverse even has merit uh, relative to the conventional models that we're seeing today, what position do you see? In this evolution going on. And mm-hmm. do you think we'll all end up working inside of the metaverse as we work inside of our computers today? Um uh, you know, when I started business, we used to handwrite letters and mail them. Yeah. Um that's we, we don't do that anymore for good reason. We found a better way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you think
1: the metaverse is gonna offer us better ways?
0: Well, Uh, for me, and I think for a lot of people, the word metaverse is, is a bit, um,
1: It's like virtual office.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Maybe it's
1: different definitions.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's on, it's on a spectrum between confusing and polluted. Maybe, I mean, there is nothing wrong with the idea that, you know, virtual reality can provide entertainment opportunities, can provide, you know, technical training opportunities can provide, you know, compact uh you know travel simulations like all of these things are interesting and there are plenty of um there are plenty of customers for things like that once the technology gets um i think to a, a better place than where it is now but when it comes to work i mean work is really a different category because work is you know it's for for many of us it's you know it's eight plus hours a day five days a week or more some for some people yeah. it's 10 hours a day and first of all just at the base level the idea of of wearing anything at all for that much time if you don't absolutely have to it's hard to make peace with so uh, our technology works with the software and hardware that's built into you know to the laptops that that people have already and I think that, Built-in hardware, like I'm not wearing any earphones or anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm interacting with you here. This software is working wonderfully well. And we start with that set of hardware and software uh, to deliver our experience. So I think the metaverse as an idea still has promise again in certain categories, but professional experiences that, that are not compact, that are open-ended, um, it's it's very hard to 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 see anything encouraging about, you know, a requirement that uh, in order to work with your colleagues, you're going to have to wear this device or you're going to have to have a special uh, camera and microphone set up and 20 microphones in your, uh, around your desk or something like that. I mean, th- these are not, this is not appealing and it's also not necessary. Like you pointed out that, you know, you used to write letters professionally and now you don't need to, I mean. The idea that there's a piece of hardware out there that's going to unlock the future, that a future that cannot possibly be unlocked without that hardware is something that, you know, people should be skeptical of.
1: Well, I know you gotta be careful when you say that because I started my first businesses without computers. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, the the whole IBM typewriters were just fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, So we've, we've moved so far Sure. I don't personally want to place any limitation on where we might go in the yeah. future. Yeah. Uh, I personally put on a headset for a couple of days um, and lived in the the metaverse mm-hmm. worked, uh, uh, with a company over in Europe for a couple of days and. Mm-hmm uh the worst part of my experience was i spilled the coffee all over my desk because i didn't know where i was
0: (laughs) well i don't that doesn't sound that like that's so bad if that's the worst thing that happened i I can do that anyway yeah Uh, yeah exactly you don't need the technology to to spill your coffee we do it all the time with your assessment
1: um uh for two reasons uh first is that i have a hard time staying glued to a computer screen for an hour period Uh, I actually have in my own daily schedule a 10-minute break between every meeting, and I get up and walk around, not yeah. just go to the restroom or something like that. I get up, I go outside, yeah. stretch, I move around, I think, and then I come back to do it on my next stint. Yep. Uh, I, I have to do that, or I get all cranky. The the other thing is, is, and this is hard even for you and I, we're used to all this video, we're used to everything, we're used to creating, we've not met, but we've created a good relationship personally. Mm -hmm. We're used to that. But in business or in all aspects of life, nonverbal communications are critical to really knowing someone or really knowing what someone is thinking or or how to act and interact with them properly, especially in group setting. Yeah. Um, You and I would read a one on one meeting differently than we would read a conference room meeting or a boardroom meeting differently than we would read an audience if we were standing at a podium. Yep. Okay. And the ability to read your audience or the person that you're interacting with through not just your verbal skills, but your nonverbal skills is substantially limited by flat screens, by metaverse, whatever. It, these are limitations that we have to overcome, not just through technology. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering how we'll be able to do that. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, it's I think a, a next quest, a next generation quest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it be holographic um, uh, uh, elements uh, that we'll be considering, if that's as that is really perfected, which it will be, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, whether that becomes the bridge that's built or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's something that has to be considered as we go towards the future of work is also. I agree. You know, well, and I'm, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your thoughts with us today. Uh, you've done a whole bunch of cool stuff uh you you really have and and i'm i'm i will say i'm a fan of what you're doing with frameable i like its organizational workflow structure better than i like trying to replicate an architect's floor plan and plugging people in offices Mm -hmm. i honestly think it's a better way to work it's much more spontaneous um and uh Uh, I'm going to make you send me a check or something after this meeting, because I've I've been plugging you through the whole meeting, but uh, that's not my intent. It's it's a, a genuine admiration for what you've done.
0: Well, thank you very much on behalf of our team. You know, we, we work very hard. We, we are really committed to design, you know, both graphic design and interaction design in our software. We, we, we believe a lot can be achieved through better design and, uh, and we try to build something that's flexible enough to to support many different kinds of organizations and and all of their preferences for the way work is done in inside their organization. It's not going to be the same. And uh, part of what we want is flexible tools. What we all want, I mean, out of out of our toolboxes, for the tools to be flexible enough that that we can you know make our office in our image, so to speak.
1: Well, we really appreciate it, and just want to see you keep leading us into the future of work.
0: I will do my best. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Adam. Take care.
0: My pleasure. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?